1: Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in my home studio recording far, far away from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry.
2: Hey, Matt. Guess what? It's election day. Oh, uh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you lovely listener are listening to this in line to vote or maybe while you're anxiously awaiting the outcome. And so Matt and I have devised... I like to think an FDA-approved helpful tip for remaining calm. It's definitely not FDA-approved, but, like, it works.
1: It, it makes you feel better, and that's the important part. Yeah. It's called the scream pillow method. <laughs> Barry, would you like to demonstrate while I explain?
2: I would be oh-so-happy to.
1: So, you simply grab your nearest pillow, place it in front of your face, as so, take mm-hmm. a deep breath in, and then throw <laughs> your face into the pillow,
2: and... honestly i feel amazing i feel lighter i feel the blood rushing through my body which like previously it had not it was just staying still
1: you could do this once a day hourly really as many times as you need it i think it's
2: really gonna help and you know if, if that's not cutting it for you, we've got a whole lot of collective complaining to ease your anxiety in today's episode, so let's get started.
1: Yeah. So coming up today, we're going to kick things off, as always, with Horse Things First, where I shout about the stupidest, most ridiculous, worst news of the week. After that, we're diving deep into the 1918 Spanish flu. Because listen, oh, fun, one way to make yourself so feel fun. better. <laughs> one way to make yourself feel better is to compare your situation to others and to shit all over them. It's a classic mean girls mentality and honey, we're taking corona down like a thick-rimmed nerd eating her lunch in a bathroom stall. You think we have it bad? Imagine all of this happening and not having podcasts to complain about it on. We have it so much better than those losers had it. A hundred years ago. And this that's what this episode is about. We're celebrating what we have that they didn't then. Because I I need all of the good news I can get. And the the only way I can make myself feel better right now is comparing myself to people who lived a hundred years ago.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's healthy.
1: Yeah. And finally, we've got Hunter Harris on the pod as our guest complainer. Hunter is a staff writer at Vulture, and we got a lot of culture to complain about male celebs, oil cleansers, denim shorts. We get into it all. Also, technically, if you're listening to this on Election Day, go vote if you haven't, or if you're one of those people who waited till the last minute. Go vote.
2: Go vote. Listen to us. Let us join you.
1: A a lot of states also have same day registration. So look that up and fucking go vote. Anyway, so let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right, worst things first. Let's talk about the horse news of the week. Let's start off strong with the story really of the week.
2: If not the year.
1: <laughs> this It really summarizes the spirit of this year. A man in the Bronx here in New York was waiting for the bus. When the ground opened up underneath him, he fell 15 feet into a sinkhole no. and was left... Covered in a swarm of rats ah! for about a half hour until help arrived.
2: I think another another moment for the scream pillow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nightmare. Oh my God. Sadly, you, Barry, were dethroned by this as the Rat Queen of New York.
2: <laughs> I know, which honestly, this man deserves the crown. Take it away. It's okay.
1: Yeah, it was a title previously held by you after that rat crawled out of your sink and Mm -hmm. you made the local news. This (laughs) has really been everywhere. I cannot, like, every detail in that sentence was horrifying. Waiting for a bus? Can you imagine? (laughs) In 2020, waiting for a bus, a sinkhole opened on the street, not to victim blame, but
2: (laughs) that is. How could you victim blame about a sinkhole?
1: There is a picture in this article that I had of the sidewalk. I would not have stood on that square of sidewalk myself. (laughs) (laughs) I just like anybody who who lives in New York or has been to New York, you walk down the street. Sure, there's a lot to distract you. Like probably someone is like jerking off like five feet from you on the sidewalk. A A homeless man is taking a fat shit into a sewer grate. There's a lot happening. But, like, sometimes you just know, okay, I probably shouldn't stand on that, like, grate because it doesn't look very stable.
2: Oh, I never, never walk on a grate. Mostly because when I was little, my cousin told me that someone fell through and got trapped. And, like, that'll never leave me.
1: The only person who should walk on them is Rihanna. Because for some reason, she, like, defies gravity. Absolutely. She can walk on a sewer grate with stiletto heels and somehow not break her neck.
2: God lifts her up.
1: Exactly. So anyway, this man, his brother told the New York Daily News that he fell, scraped his face, broke his arm and his leg. The reason that he had to just lay there and wait for help is that he couldn't move or scream because he didn't want the rats to go into his
2: mouth. (laughs) good this is why i'm sorry i know that the whole point of ratatouille was like don't judge others but i'm sorry rats no not near my mouth not near my food it's not cute i was like my stomach churned in the last scene where you see all the rats in the kitchen cooking like it's a nightmare
1: yeah that's why if i were this man i'd be more worried about one of those rats Crawling into my hair and then animating my body and using it to cook a restaurant quality meal. (laughs) That's that's what you should be worried about. Not it getting in your mouth. Yeah, I mean he basically fell into the teenage ninja turtles layer. Oh my god, yeah. Just a a wise elder rat? Just training a bunch of turtles in Mm -hmm. the in in the arts of Taekwondo. All of it.
2: Personally would much rather a bunch of turtles crawl all over me than a bunch of rats, but we can't we can't pick our personal hell, you know?
1: Yeah. I'm just like, how did they soar? Aren't rats supposed to be afraid? They have no fear anymore. That's yeah. this is where we're Are at. Are you kidding me?
2: They're like, that's basically Thanksgiving turkey roast dinner just coming through the from the sky. That was a, a <laughs> heavenly gift to them.
1: oh If I were a rat, I would love that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, actual nightmare. You just never know. I still, every time there's a story about a sinkhole, I'm just like, how. Like uh, there was that whole John Mulaney joke about how we always like you're you're raised assuming that um, quicksand is going to be like a much bigger issue than it actually right. is when you're an adult, and yet here people are just falling into into the earth.
2: I just I can't add that to my list of daily anxieties as I walk out the door, and yet this happened not far. From where? I we mean, live. this
1: entire city is cursed.
2: I mean, we absolutely. Uh, we
1: literally built it above a a Native American burial ground. Mm. Uh and B, we just dug a whole bunch of tunnels underneath it. Of course, we're like one second from just falling into the ocean. Anyway, next, a new study published in the science journal Nature, great name for a journal. I actually had to look it up because I was like, that doesn't sound like it's the full name. There's got to be more to it. No, nope, just nature. <laughs> uh, a new uh, a new study published describes a beetle. I don't know if this was like a newly discovered beetle or if they just decided to do all this wacky shit on this one beetle. But it's a beetle that can withstand bird pecs. Pecks like with the be- beak, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. bird dicks.
2: <laughs> or Or like pectorals. Birds oh. very much known for pectoral muscles.
1: I see, yeah, you see uh, some chickens, probably because they're stuffed with steroids, but <laughs> literally. Um that's why sometimes I go to the store and buy chicken, and I'm like, why is this chicken breast bigger than mine? <laughs> that shouldn't be allowed. Um, so this beetle can withstand bird pecks, animal stomps, and even being rolled over by a Toyota Camry. That's right. Wow. A bunch of nerds decided to run over this beetle with a car and it nothing happened to it.
2: Well, as an award winning insect identifier, I feel like you'd be really excited to try something like that.
1: Uh, Yeah, I didn't even write this down or have to look this up. The order name of beetles, Coleoptera. I just have (laughs) that in my brain.
2: (laughs) Uh, Don't (laughs) you wish you could just like replace that with some (laughs) other piece of information?
1: Yeah, if I'm ever in an emergency do you think I'm going to know what to do? No, but I know the I know the group name of beetles. Useful. You, you give me money, I'll run over any bug you want with the car and tell you <laughs> if it's smashed or not. How about that? That's literally what this this study was. They they found this beetle and they were like, I wonder how much weight it could take. And they, they hit it with the car.
2: <laughs> they I'm sound like, like they were high. I, I can't get
1: past this. They just ran over a bug with the car. Anyway, a Purdue University civil engineer. That's why they're civil engineers. They're not biologists. Fuck engineers. I, my friends were engineers in college, and they were losers. <laughs> um, this beetle is super tough," said Purdue University civil engineer Pablo, who is among a group of researchers that ran over the insect with a car as <laughs> part of their study. Also, the most fucked up thing is that I guess this study was sponsored by the U.S. Air Force.
2: I was actually going to ask, like, wait, engineers are in this? That probably means they're trying to, like, build some crazy human shield. Right. And it sounds like that—that that is probably, if it's the Air Force, you know.
1: Yeah. The Beatles study is part of an $8 million project funded by the U.S. Air Force to explore how the biology mm. of creatures such as mantis shrimp and bighorn sheep could help develop impact-resistant materials. How many animals are they just hitting, <laughs> hitting with cars? <laughs> this is just That's what they're telling us about. That's where tax dollars are going. Because they found the first one that they could hit with a car that didn't just explode. So now they tell us about it, but secretly they've been running over shrimps. We're sheep. gonna get
2: we're gonna get sued by the Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, probably. And finally, a 200 pound tortoise named Sparkplug that escaped <laughs> from a pen in Alabama is back home after traveling across two counties and at least one soybean field.
2: Sparkplug, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Apt name.
1: Going out, seeing the world, getting some soybeans. <laughs> what else are you going to do with your free time? You escape from a pen in Alabama? You you do the f- most fun thing you can find, a soybean field. <laughs> <laughs> also, he was he is a sixty year old African spurred tortoise. Yeah, so that is
2: an old ass tortoise. He's an elderly
1: man. I, he's approaching retirement age, I would say. Yeah. Uh, he escaped from his enclosure and. I guess made it two counties away. This always amazes me. This is not the first escaped tortoise that we've talked yeah, about no, <laughs> on, this, <no. laughs> on this scintillating <laughs> podcast about mostly escaped animals. Uh, <laughs> but how do they make it so far? This is a 200 pound reptile that is crawling around.
2: They go like a mile an hour. Yeah. And they said that they
1: found it because guess what? It leaves a whole bunch of tracks because it's (laughs) a 200 pound tortoise (laughs) in Alabama. (laughs) I just Uh. every time that they lose an animal like this, I'm like, what are you doing? We've all been inside for the past eight months. (laughs) How did you lose your 200 pound tortoise?
2: Is the pen inside or outside?
1: I guess maybe it's one of those things where you're just like, you just assume that it's there.
2: Yeah. You don't but have to check on your Sparky, 200-pound tortoise. Yeah, Sparky's been figuring out how to unlock the gate. Every single day, he looks at how you do it, and he's like, I'm going to do it. Because he's got, you know, close to retirement, he's got to start planning his retirement travels.
1: Well, now he knows what's in the outside world, and it's soybean fields.
2: And that's it
1: for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we're turning back time and diving deep into the Spanish flu. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. 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 Deep tie, deep tie, deep tie, deep 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 tie. All right, well, we made it to election day, which may or may not just be the beginning of a a much longer ordeal. We have no idea. And, And oh, yeah, also, we're still in the middle of an effing pandemic. And sorry to be the one to tell you this, my sweet summer children. But winter is coming and it's going to (laughs) suck this this winter, especially I just I don't know if we're ready, but I want everybody to start mentally preparing yourself for how terrible winter is going to be on, on the cusp of all of that terribleness. I figured we'd take a break to say, hey, at least we're not in the influenza pandemic of 1918, because sure. We, we have some of the great stuff that they had in 1918. A crumbling economy, worldwide disease, bu- bubbling Nazism.
2: Love when history repeats itself like this. It's so fun.
1: Yeah. So we have all of that, but also we have so much more than they did then. Like, can you imagine, truly, can you imagine being in the middle of a pandemic a hundred years ago with absolutely nothing to do? You know how many Great British Bake Offs they had back then? Zero. That means zero Paul Hollywood handshakes. Zero British people absolutely humiliating themselves making a pan of brownies (laughs) on international television. Everybody in 1918 just had to go about their lives without knowing about that one twink who looks like Ellen DeGeneres on the Great British Bake Off (laughs) and has a shockingly thick bubble butt. It must have been awful for them. I don't know how they got through it, truly. So, that got me thinking about all of the stuff that we have today that the losers in 1918 just didn't have. And in the words of Oprah Winfrey, hey, let's celebrate that. So, in an effort to make us all feel better and get us through the rest of this shit, here are the things that we have that they didn't. First! First! <laughs>
2: They didn't have sweatpants. Could you imagine having to be home all the time without not being able to wear sweatpants? Sweatpants
1: were invented in the 1920s, probably because everybody was so disgusted by what they had to sit around in 1918 and 1919. (laughs) But just imagine, they had to sit around their log cabins or whatever they lived in 100 years ago. I don't even know when houses were invented. (laughs) They they just sit around in wool and and felt and potato sacks. Are are you listening to this, spending your entire day just languishing in a pile of your own filth? I mean, I'm
2: recording it doing that. Yeah,
1: exactly. But at least your pants feel like the inside of a Teletubby.
2: Mine absolutely do. I am currently wearing sweatpants and I will be shouting out the company and my chasers.
1: I'm just saying, I feel like we need to kill the Teletubbies for their fur. (laughs) We've let them live long enough. It's time we start farming them. (laughs) I think you can shear off probably 90% of the Teletubbies coat without killing it.
2: Only one way to find out.
1: Get the scissors and sharpen them. Those big scissors that they use.
2: To like open up like big opening ceremonies.
1: I meant to like shave sheep, but I'll, sure, oh, yeah, we can use a too. ribbon cutting. <laughs> <scissors>. <laughs> uh, let's see. Next, cinnamon Toast Crunch. <gasps> I also, I realized my mother asked me if I know how to pronounce the word cinnamon because I intentionally mispronounce it so often <laughs> that she was legitimately worried about me. <laughs> the point is, every day, people in 1918... How did they get their, do- their dose of sugar and cinnamon? We could get it in one single square of delicious breakfast cereal. They had, pro- they had to scour acres for a stick of cinnamon and a, 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 s- a satchel of sugar. I am willing to admit that the technology in which we contain sugar and flour probably has not come very far in the past hundred years, considering that we have chosen to wrap it up like a a fucking eight year old wrapping up a Christmas
2: present. I would also like to point out that shredded wheat was invented in the 1800s. So that cereal was around, but shredded wheat without all of the sugar and delicious shit on it is just gross. Yeah,
1: have fun bleeding out of your gums for the entirety (laughs) of breakfast.
2: That's where you got the flavor back then.
1: Just the bloody mess (laughs) of your mouth hole opening up.
2: That's why they call it shredded wheats. It's because it shreds your mouth.
1: But truly, I can't, uh, like, breakfast cereal, sugary breakfast cereal has been my absolute salve for the past seven months.
2: Regular old Seinfeld over here.
1: I don't know. I'm sure it was like product placement in in the 90s on Seinfeld. But he's constantly eating Waffle Crisp on Seinfeld. (laughs) And it's making me so nostalgic for Waffle Crisp. (laughs) They don't make Waffle Crisp anymore.
2: You, I have never even, I don't remember that at all. I don't think I've ever had Waffle Crisp. Oh my God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You never had Waffle
2: Crisp? I don't think so.
1: Waffle Crisp was I think one of the best cereals of the 90s. It tasted like um someone uh, like chopped open a Canadian tree and poured it onto a tiny little piece of cardboard. Like it wasn't good but also it was amazing. Next. A moisture wicking technology.
2: Oh my god.
1: Still baffles me. That's this is the technology I still don't truly understand it. It's still like here is a piece of fabric that will draw all of the sweat and moisture from your skin and absorb it into the cloth. What I don't understand is that I'm still in it. <laughs> Like, okay, you took all the wetness out, but now I'm just surrounded by it because it's still on my body. I need you to get rid of the moisture entirely. Or is the idea that it evaporates from the clothes?
2: Oh, I don't know. I need it to be like a camelback, but instead of me drinking the water from the camelback, it's sucking the water from me into the bag.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then like an actual camel, you should be able to drink from it.
2: You're getting real into dune territory because that's (laughs) no, no, We don't want to go there. Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm just saying I feel like people in 1918, what you just sweat all of your clothes and then you just had to sit like that. But guess what? And then you have to
2: fucking wash all of those clothes by hand.
1: Yeah. You didn't have a washing machine. You had to take your clothes down to the river. I don't actually know. When when was washing machines invented?
2: I don't know, but I can't imagine that they had them in their homes. I don't even have one in my home.
1: Oh, well, (laughs) (laughs) sorry. Sorry, you can't be me. Even though I'm pretty sure I need to time out my washing machine because now I have I have one that I'm like, I feel like it goes way too fast and they can't possibly be clean. The point is this morning I worked out. I did a couple push ups I went to vote in the rain and I still haven't showered. I'm sitting in the filth (laughs) that I've been carrying with me this whole day. But you know what? It's not on my skin. It's it's whipped away by the advanced technology of my my fashion, even though that's not true, because I'm in an H&M shirt that absolutely has no advanced technology. (laughs) You know what else they didn't have in 1918 (laughs) H&M? next boy bands. What what music were they even listening to?
2: I mean I feel our no barbershop quartets were not a thing then. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, but even so,
1: you'd have to go to like your bar your barber shop <laughs> to listen. I could get whatever I could get whatever music I want right now. Well,
2: 1918, eight eighteen, we're getting into like flappers. We're getting into like ragtime, right? Everything that
1: they had on Downton Abbey basically is what yeah. <laughs> Why didn't they talk about that at all? Wasn't that like...
2: Well, it was pretty American.
1: Was it only in America?
2: I'm not a historian. Uh.
1: Well, Didn't they call it the Spanish flu, but actually it was because of like American soldiers in Spain?
2: Again, I am not a historian. (laughs) I have no idea.
1: Which brings me to my final point, which is 100 years ago in the midst of a pandemic, they had no pornography
2: oh my god no
1: moving pornography at least i'm sure they had little nudie pictures oh yeah but let's face it i can open up my laptop my ipad my iphone any number of visual devices punch in a few words and literally thousands of videos of adults doing adult things like braiding each other's hair i'm um, playing tic-tac-toe
2: Helping each other do math.
1: Intertwine their toes. Ooh. Sure. Yeah. P- preparing for the SATs, <laughs> all of these adult things. I truly cannot imagine living through a pandemic without access to that kind of material. <laughs> imagine you're a young 30 year old bachelor in 1918.
2: You would have been sacrificed.
1: That's true. <laughs> if I was a bachelor at thirty in 1918, they would have burned me at the stake. <laughs> I would have been referred to as as a special boy. I mean, I still am, but for different reasons. The point is, I've I, I've access to whatever whatever filmography that my heart desires. I have access to the finest lubricants. I don't have to use pig suet or whatever they probably used back then vibrators they probably didn't even have those back then or if they did it was something that you had to like crank with your hand like an egg beater i actually looked it up (laughs) 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 truly this deep dive was inspired by me every time i see references to the 1918 influenza pandemic i'm truly like what did they do like i cannot imagine going through this year everything that brings me joy and br- brings me some type of solace maybe this is saying too much about me and not socializing enough but even like <laughs> being able to like access people like they had to fucking wait for letters <laughs> <laughs> i we could text like yeah i haven't seen my family in a year but like i still can facetime them whenever yeah i don't know it just it got me thinking about a how horrible it must have been 100 years ago And B, how, like, it truly could be so much worse and how we actually do have uh, a pretty solid amount of stuff, relatively speaking. So shout out to us for making it through uh, this far in a pandemic with all of the joys of the 21st century. 1918, they've got nothing on us. So if you're listening, ghosts guess what (laughs) suck on that and please don't haunt me because guess what you're gonna see some stuff that you wish you hadn't and that you won't even understand that'll blow your mind and that's it for this week's deep dive (laughs) next we got hunter harris on the pod right after this commercial break my guest complainer today is writer Hunter Harris you've seen her uh, her work at vulture where she's been writing about TV film pop culture and obviously uncut gems and Bradley Cooper all the, all the greatest stuff welcome Hunter.
0: hi thank you for having me <laughs> so I
1: want I mean I want to talk about all of your specialties but first we like to start by asking the question what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves
0: okay the thing that I hate that everyone else loves are face oils. I am okay. not a face oil girl. There's like <laughs> something, I think it's like the most childish thing about me other than like not liking chocolate. Um, but I just wow. cannot, I cannot bring myself to put an oil on my face and think that it's helping and not just like blocking my pores. I I think about this so much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm just like not a face oil gal. It's not going to work
1: um okay well I, I do want to address the little snippet that you just kind of dropped in the middle of that i'm not liking <laughs> chocolate also but we, we'll get to that <laughs> I, yeah no i uh, i'm the same way where i've always had like i guess oilier skin and the the idea of like slathering even more oils on top of everything is just it I doesn't. it's amazing that anybody does it
0: Right. It does not really. I understand like in theory how it helps like moisturize your skin, but like you see how big my forehead is. It's oily (laughs) right now. I'm telling you, there's no reason for me to be like this wet, but... It is what it is.
1: And this is like what I deal with every day. So. I um fully relate. I feel like Zoom needs a like de- desaturate just my face as a function. Yes. <laughs> they have the like clean up your face kind of touch up my appearance uh function on Zoom, but I'm like I specifically need you to make me less shiny. I've become well acquainted with the like, you know, the, the drugstore powder, the anti-shine powder that I that I like to lather on.
0: Oh, I'm big into the oil sheets. Um, you get like yeah. Sephora or the drugstore. But I in the summer, I'm like just wiping down my whole face with that because that's what I need. The
1: oil sheets, I'm always like, I feel like they're just they're a little too blunt. I don't need to see all of the damage that you're that you're wiping away (laughs) from my face. We need to take a a (laughs) step back. Keep that to yourself. I'm glad you're doing this work, but like, don't show it to me. (laughs) It always looks like the bottom of like a KFC bucket. And it's just always I never I never like seeing that that much oil come off of me.
0: I find it very satisfying. It's like, look what I've, <laughs> look what I've overcome. Look what I've made it through.
1: Yeah, I guess so. That's the positive way of looking at it, but that's not what I'm about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you also don't like
0: chocolate? No, I have never liked chocolate. Um, I, at wow. this point I'm just like, so used to it that it's just a part of, my life. It's not
1: surprising to you anymore that that yeah, is I, a thing that people are shocked by.
0: Yeah. I don't like chocolate. I don't really have a sweet tooth. I don't like cookies or ice cream or, you know, so, but that's it.
1: Are you a snacker? Do you a snack on like savory things?
0: I snack on popcorn. Like I'll get, okay. um, Oh my gosh. <laughs> what classic. is it? yeah it's like the ugh, I can't remember the name of it, but i it's like one of those pop like the cute popcorn brands I like yeah
1: you got your your orville red mockers, you got your <laughs> pop secrets. Your Skinny Pops.
0: Skinny Pop is a classic, yes. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm not not really
1: a fan of of any popcorn that comes like pre-popped.
0: Oh, that's all I do. Listen, (laughs) I'm telling you, it's like I moved to Brooklyn and started eating the pre-popped popcorn and it's really changed my life.
1: Or you you became a whole different woman. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, I I feel like you can buy like an entire sack of unpopped uh, kernels that are the equivalent of like 30 pre-popped bags. And it's just that disparity to me is so, is so wide.
0: I love how logically you're thinking about this. (laughs) Like it doesn't make sense that I'm spending money on this and yet it is what I reach for. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I yeah, I I I shouldn't come off as as if I apply any sort of logic to my own snacking, because that <laughs> is certainly not the case. <laughs> I don't know. One of the one of the things that I've gotten into in quarantine is popping my own popcorn, which can go very wrong.
0: Okay. Tell which me about is, it.
1: So that's like you gotta be careful, I guess, but I don't know. I well, I guess you have to choose like what you're popping it in. And usually I'm like, I don't know. I have one. I was just olive oil, is <laughs> which mm-hmm. feels like a weird thing to pop popcorn in. Mm-hmm. But then like you can heat it up way too fast. And then the oil starts burning. And then the popcorn just goes wild. And like shit can start smoking very quickly.
0: And do you heat it up in a like in a Dutch oven or like in a just heavy pot?
1: Uh, initially, I was using like a cast iron pot because okay. I was going like full little house on the prairie with it. And then I was like, I could just use like a regular old pot. Okay. Which I guess probably heats up faster, which mm-hmm. is why, <laughs> listen, I don't know how to cook. I'm not <laughs> saying I'm good at popping popcorn. I just think, yeah, I think popcorn is also one of those things that I, you can sort of convince yourself it's like healthy unless you're adding on, you know, movie movie theater popcorn butter. Yeah. But but I'm always like, yeah, I can eat like an entire pot of this and I mean, feel fine.
0: I have such a like bad conception of like what's healthy and what's not I thought pretzels were like the healthiest snack for (laughs) all of my life until my roommate was like Hunter no it's like it's not healthy at all and look, I'm just boo-boo the fool you know whatever
1: (laughs) yeah I I think that they have some versions of pretzels that they try to market us like healthier and it's like I mean why are we trying to convince ourselves that these things are healthy? It's just a snack. You know? <laughs> it's like we're 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 not lying to ourselves here. It's a snack.
0: Right. It's not yeah. 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 And I don't like thinking about all of my snack habits. So thank you.
1: <laughs> I'm glad I could just force you to confront
0: <laughs>
1: your worst habits.
0: I mean, that's how I feel. I think that's like the stage we're in. Like I feel like this is just how we're like living now. There are no movies coming out. I'm snacking whatever I want. Like, it's just life now.
1: Yeah. So you are uh, a movie gal. You are you're like movies are your thing. How are you
0: coping? Um, not well. I'll be <laughs> honest. It is a hard time for me. Um, no. I I feel like now I'm in this rhythm where like I'll. Spend. I mean, I just rewatch like, a lot of my favorite movies and then I'll, like, make time for, like, whatever new Netflix movies are coming out. Mm-hmm. I also started watching for the first time Girls, which has yeah. really been um, a revelation for me personally. <laughs> Let's um, talk about it. I just, I feel, like, so lame being, like, this person who's watching this thing, like, six years late. But it is such a, like, good show, even for yeah. all of, like, the very, like, cringy parts, um, all, like, overall, I'm, like, really enjoying watching a show about, like, all of my biggest anxieties and insecurities. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what better time? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Um, there's, like, nothing better to do. But, I, yeah, I think I've, like, gotten into a groove of, like, re-watching Real Housewives of Atlanta, like, mm-hmm. at night, watching, like, a, like, movie for like work or just for pleasure like during like the late afternoon um but yeah it's like such a such a weird time i know i guess like
1: netflix has done a pretty good job of like releasing a lot of new stuff Mm -hmm. over the past few months so there's still some some new movies
0: yeah and i'm like loving hbo max right now they have so many like I mean, they have so many like erotic thrillers that I am I mean, like every Michael Douglas movie does not make sense. And yet I will watch it happily. Um, yeah. So that's like my sweet spot right now. Just,
1: <laughs> girls and erotic thrillers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Great
1: categories. <laughs> I was just talking, our other producer, Barry, is also like getting very into erotic thrillers right now. And it's sort of a genre that I like, don't, I don't think about erotic thrillers all that much, but mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe, maybe it is. now it's the time to really explore.
0: It's, I think I watch them like this, like some people watch Law and Order or like a cop show because there is this sense that it will be resolved very neatly. Um, it's yeah, just going to be like batshit crazy on the way there. But yeah, I don't know. It's like, I, I'm drawn to things that are like naturally pretty heightened and, and um, dramatic. So.
1: <laughs> right. It's camp. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I yeah. also
1: I'm a little afraid of watching anything that it's going to give me any ideas right now. <laughs> I don't need to watch anything that's like, okay, maybe I'll go out and like murder a man cuz we're like <laughs> seconds away from me snapping in that way, but I will I'll keep it together. <laughs> Talk to me about Bradley Cooper and and what the what the relationship is here.
0: <laughs> For um, the
1: listener, we just got a um a, a zip-lip. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, this is the thing. I've never been so vexed by someone who I think is brilliant, but also so annoying. Like, um, and that's kind of my sweet spot, I think. I like things uh-huh. that are like very upsetting, but also extremely interesting. Um, And it's just like Bradley Cooper makes this perfect movie, A Star is Born, that definitely falls off after, like, the first hour, but still remains, like, a pretty good movie. Um, And I love the movie so much. And then he, like, refuses to engage with any conversation about it, doesn't really give interviews about it, gives that crazy New York Times interview where he's, like, I'm not going to submit to being profiled because it's, like, not a true collaboration. It's, like, all of those things. (laughs) I mean, the fact that he, like, shaves his beard, loses his tan, it's, like, you can so clearly be an attractive man, and yet you choose to, like, I think in a vulture story, I said he could be like a tan bearded 10, but instead he lives life as a no lip seven. <laughs> and that is just like sort of how I feel. <laughs> I <Yeah>. sound crazy.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, you you've put in the work you've put in the, the in the in the in the thinking to to dominate <laughs> this discourse. You've earned it.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love a stars burn still. It's such a good movie. The music is so good. Yeah,
1: I haven't. I haven't really rewatched it. I don't know. It feels like it only came out like last year, right? It feels um, like two it's years been ago. Yeah, two years. Okay, it feels longer. It feels like that movie has been with us. <laughs> 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 that kind of Gaga Cooper, uh, you know, showman's ha- has been. It's just been in my brain for longer than two years.
0: Right. Yes. I think it was like implanted at birth and then it just kind of was conjured when the movie came out.
1: Right. I also can't get Bradley Cooper saying paging Dr. Faggot out of my head. <laughs> that was also that from he, the hangover. Yeah. Um, that, that, that is like, yeah, he really, he really committed to that line <laughs> and they put that in like every trailer and commercial for the. I remember movie.
0: that. And see, that's also what is kind of like what fuels this, fascination i guess is that he was like not an actor i ever thought twice about before mm-hmm. a star was born i i guess i saw some of his movies but i never found him like especially compelling so then you make a really good movie but refuse to like even i don't know like be like, like play the cutesy press tour like have like a redemption narrative it's like give me a break i want <laughs> a stunt queen like my god
1: <laughs> yeah commit commit to commit to the star-ness of this yes And what about uncut gems or where do you, where do you fall?
0: Okay. See, I have to actually dial back the uncut gems ness of it all because, (laughs) and I'm, I'm being so serious. Um, I was like walking in my neighborhood in Brooklyn. This was like last week. and I ran into this girl, um, that I like did an event with one time and this girl was like, Hey, oh my God, like so good running into you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, like we chatted for a second. And then I was like, okay, I gotta go. And she's like, "Okay, oh, my God, I saw Uncut Gems. You were so right. It was so good. And I'm like, wait, this is not my thing. I did not make this movie. (laughs) I just watched it four times. Like, I don't know how I it is, like, the thing that people associate with with me the most at this point and which is, like, flattering. But also, like, I had nothing to do with it, Um, (laughs) just to be clear.
1: Right, right. Yeah. I, well, I identify with that kind of struggle of, Mm -hmm. you know, you can dig yourself a hole a little bit.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It is. It is sort of like such a weird thing that happens on the internet. But again, Mm -hmm. I mean, it still is like a good movie. And I, I think the last time I saw it was, I guess, right before quarantine started, um, but yeah.
1: I'm gonna be honest. I have not seen Uncut Gems.
0: Well, <laughs> you are in for a
1: stressful delight. That's why I'm like, especially right now. I'm not. I'm not eager to have a stressful <laughs> movie experience, so I've been <laughs> avoiding it. But it's on. It's on one of the platforms. I think. Um, yes,
0: I think it's on Netflix. I watched the Softy Brothers' previous movie, Good Time, the Robert Pattinson one, and um, it is just like that same sort of like tension and just cacophony that I really like but also it is like incredibly anxiety inducing just yeah. that nothing is going to go right
1: I just like I don't know maybe I need to stock up on some Xanax and and head into it kind of prepared in that way chemically yeah yeah <laughs> And then I'll, and then I'll give it a shot. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, but every, every conversation I've heard about it is just like, you will, your heart will be racing the entire time. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know if I'm healthy enough for
2: that.
0: I don't know. I mean, I, I have this bad habit of like, I really internalize movies when I'm watching them. So I really feel like so emotional about something. And with Uncut Gems, it is just like despair about how badly (laughs) this guy manages to just fuck up his entire life.
1: Yeah. Um, I guess to take a step back to what you were saying before, I did like I was reading another uh, interview that you did where you were talking about, like, sometimes you get tired. I I'll, The quote is, even I get tired of my own jokes, my own voice every day. I think I'm going to cut it back and then something pops into my head and I'm like, oh, that's funny.
0: I mean, <laughs> which I relate. <laughs> I um yeah, no. That's all true. Sometimes I'm like, sometimes I'm like really just sitting at my computer, sitting at my phone. And I'm like, can this girl shut the fuck up? Um, Like enough is enough. But then I woke up this morning and some stranger on the internet said to me, you look like a fine ass Spike Lee.
1: What am I supposed to
0: do with that? Okay. Other than make a joke about it. Like,
1: like you have to acknowledge it in some way. I
0: I mean, this is prime. Like what a thing to think of. But no, sometimes I am like, okay, enough is enough, and then I just like tweet thirty more things about, you know, whatever girls. I guess is like <laughs> the topic du jour. Um, and then I just like take a break and come back, and it is just like a weird. I guess I think we all have this like weird warped relationship to attention on the internet. So.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think no one is like actively asking for me to tweet more about Adam driver and yet somehow I'll just find a way. Um, But I do, I can appreciate that there is an economy that keeps us using these sites.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. I just, uh, there are some times where I, I, I feel like the internet rewards a recurring bit. And uh, and sometimes <laughs> it's it's hard to step away from the bit when it's like this has run its course, and sometimes you just have to let it die.
0: And How I'm talking,
1: y- I'm talking out loud, just at myself.
0: Basically. No, but I'm curious about this. How, like, when do you feel like okay, this is the last time for this gal, this joke? She's she's retired.
1: Um, sometimes I think it's when other people have annoyed me about it, mm-hmm. so it's less me getting annoyed by myself mm-hmm. and more me like. Okay. I don't, I don't like when you're telling me I have to do the bit Yeah, like then, then it's not in my control. It's not my choice anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. one. I mean, one thing that I, I'm sure I will continue to do is r- where I, I wish Harry Styles, like a happy, whatever holiday it is, uh, every single holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, And yeah, if I ever forget, people are like, how dare you? How fucking dare you You forgot to wish a happy Labor Day to Harry Styles? And it's true. I dug myself that hole. And now (laughs) I have to until one of us dies, I have to continue wishing him every holiday.
0: That is miraculous. Um, I wish you the best in that endeavor. I mean,
1: it's also one of those things where it's like it is just the Internet. (laughs) right also nobody cares (laughs) (laughs) um but it is one of those things where yeah if if you're on the internet enough and you are you get used to oh if i do this thing i get that payoff then it's like it's hard to stop
0: yeah it is i i'm trying to get the last time something like that happened to me and i feel like i don't know some guy was like i wish you would start tweeting about a star is born more, and I was like, that movie is two years old. I don't. It's like Tuesday. I don't feel about it. I don't. I don't feel like doing it. And he was like, but you're funnier than me. Like, why can't you just tweet about it? And it's like, baby, I don't take requests. Like, <laughs> yeah. these things come off the dome. Like, I don't. I don't know what to tell you. I never promised you this. Like, I don't know where this expectation is being set. But um, mm-hmm. I wish you the best.
1: Right. Right. I, I mean, it's he just has to get funny and do it himself. <laughs> like that's the oh, the only solution. If you're not getting what you want in the world, be the change. Um, yeah, I don't even know where where to go from there. <laughs> so um, this is the segment we call elaborate, where we have tweets of yours where you express your hatred of something, and I'll uh, just have you elaborate on them. Okay. Some of these are stuff that you've said also in an interview, one of which was that I really dislike denim shorts. (laughs) So uh, clearly the, uh, the Adidas track pants is, is the fashion item of of choice, but you specifically were like, fuck denim shorts. (laughs)
0: Um, yes, that is true. Um, okay. The thing about denim is that I did not wear jeans for like, for five years of my life, because wow. I because I just really feel like good denim is so hard to perfect, and also like, I mean, I'm talking about <laughs> pop culture, I I grew up on the sister of the traveling pants, and so I feel like a good pair of jeans can actually like dramatically change your life. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't really denim shorts because I think that they're like generally pretty tight, and not like like skin tight, but just tighter than I like my shorts to fit. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I don't think they look very good on me. Um, I mean, the best in them to me is like Catherine Keener in, um, like walking and talking. She like wears these Bermuda shorts that are just so fabulous and also so just like early twenties New York. It's like, Mm -hmm. I don't look like that. So I just, there's no reason for me to be in them. (laughs)
1: this is the destructive influence of pop culture where <laughs> you are only being fed the idealized image of someone in the perfect denim short exactly that it is, it's ruining it for you otherwise
0: exactly i mean but that's my burden to bear you know i'll accept that cross
1: right right yeah uh i truly have not thought that hard about denim probably ever <laughs> 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 and maybe it's just because i I grew up with like the gap and and Cole's jeans um so I never really thought about denim but yeah, once you're exposed to the quality stuff, I guess it's hard it's hard to go back.
0: I am particularly neurotic about denim though like more than any other fabric I feel like which <laughs> honestly just sounds nuts but it's how I live <laughs> <laughs> That
1: is exactly the kind of nuts that I that I that I welcome on this show. <laughs> um another another tweet this was um basically about how angela bassett doesn't have an oscar yet yes and you said um that i hate all of you (laughs) it is it is collectively the world's fault that angela bassett does not have an oscar
0: i feel so lame laughing at this stuff but i am laughing because i still feel the exact same way like i wish i i wish i could be like i'm not defined by my past but I actually am defined by that past. Um, it does still, I become so upset. Then yeah, because I mean, she's just like, so I love like long careers. I love people who can really like do it all. And, um, I mean, she's also just like gorgeous. Like I wonder if she's using face oils. Um, if, (laughs) if so, that's something I should probably get on. Um, but no, I just, it doesn't make sense to me how she doesn't have an Oscar. It, there's just like not a reality in which I would like choose that. And I feel Is the same an way Angela
1: Bassett role that you feel like she should have gotten an Oscar for. Oh,
0: I mean, obviously like what's love got to do with it. The mm-hmm. um Tina Turner biopic. That's like a clear one. I mean, maybe I'd say black Panther too. Like in addition, not to as in the sequel. Um, I, I even like, even like bad movies she's in are so good. <laughs> um, there's this movie on Netflix called, otherhood, I think. And it was like, uh, like mom over 40, like get back in the groove. And it was like her and three other, um, moms in this movie. And it's like, she was so good in that movie. Like I feel the same yeah. way about like Annette Benning. It's like these women who have been consistently giving in great performances and yet like never get recognized.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, also like Meryl Streep will get nominated for literally anything, uh, like she got a Golden Globe nomination for Mamma Mia
0: <laughs> okay I will stand in defense of Mamma Mia because that is chinima. Um but no it is it is like kind of upsetting like an Oscar for what the Iron Lady give me a break okay
1: <laughs> the Iron Lady no Mamma Mia, yes.
0: Mamma Mia, I will allow. Yes.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm going to disagree, but that is fine. That is okay. fine. <laughs> She's just, yeah, I, 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 sometimes the movie itself is horrible, mm-hmm. um, but you got to, you got to honor the, the the person putting in the work. And that is, you know, if, if Meryl Streep is getting that with Mamma Mia, She will put in the word. Yeah, (laughs) she does. She'll, she'll commit. Yeah. What, uh, one of my favorite tweets of all time, Blake Shelton being named sexiest man alive was the beginning of, of the end.
0: (laughs) Um, listen, yes. Um, obviously (laughs) it's like, Oh, like I don't know what kind of, I don't know who that pleases. Like that's, I think my biggest confusion is like, who actively thinks that Blake Shelton is sexy And does that, and and what reality does that person also eagerly anticipate Sexiest Man Alive? Which, I mean, has not been relevant for, I guess, since George Clooney got it for like the third time. Um, I'm just trying to figure out, like, who is pleased by this information slash knowledge?
1: I don't know. Yeah. Like, who is it just... I'm just in that headspace of like being in line at the grocery store, looking up at the people magazine on the magazine rack. And like, it's for, it's for that person.
0: Yeah. That but I kind think kind of
1: like horny at the grocery store person.
0: <laughs> I, I would think so. But then I also doubt that a like red state mom, like is going to like buy a people magazine be- because she wants to know something about Blake Shelton that she can't find out any other way. Like, I don't know.
1: Right. I I would love a situation where the kind of Blake Shelton sexiest man alive is the kind of like Trojan horse to the the red state woman.
0: She's like <laughs> that like <laughs> she you, like begins to see the cracks. She's like, "You know, I don't <laughs> think I'm getting the true information here. Something is not adding up."
1: <laughs> yeah, I am I am amazed by that decision really. But yeah. Well, I, maybe the other, the other thing you do have a lot of, of tweets that you end with hate to see it. So there are, you, you have a lot of <laughs> that, that is, that is kind of your, your MO.
0: I mean, yeah, there are a lot of things that, you know, I find generally upsetting. Um, right.
1: Right. One of which was people magazine turning on Bradley Cooper. <laughs> and I don't really remember what the instance was,
0: but. I think, I mean, I'm trying to think back at, I'm sure it was over his like divorce because, I mean, that was like an iconic moment in American history, but also in my history. Um, right, Arena Shake, like, I feel like in that instance, it must have been something that like, people was taking quotes from her team and not his team. And I do find it pretty fascinating when like a tabloid or like like a gossip site clearly chooses a side. Like right. that kind of stuff just is like, had
1: it. Yeah, that was um, the exact headline was Bradley Cooper uh, has a huge and overwhelming connection to Lady Gaga.
0: You <laughs> really do really... hate to see it. I mean, <laughs>
1: <laughs> they were really like what... stoking that flame.
0: <laughs> and I think the awareness that like there are so many mechanisms at play here that's not just like what the person in line at Target thinks is like happening at people or like what this right. headline is.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's like pulling back the curtain a little bit and and uh, having fun with the the show of it all.
0: Yeah, because it is all a performance.
1: Right, right. Well, on
0: that note, where can people
1: find you in your work?
0: Um, I'm on Twitter as at Hunter Y Harris, and I'm on Instagram as at Hunter H, or you can find me like every day, too many days, um, on Vulture.com.
1: Right and people can find you and tell you that you're not tweeting enough about uncut gems and um, <laughs> right no my favorite kind of genre of tweet is, <laughs> is do more of that thing <laughs> Well thank you so much and I hope everybody goes and and reads all of your stuff. Thank you so much for having me. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that help all the bad shit go down easier, starting with. Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we could take to make our world a little bit better. Barry, what are we highlighting this week?
2: You know, in the spirit of election anxiety and just in general how much anxiety there is in the world right now, I wanted to shout out an amazing foundation. It's called the Loveland Foundation. It's a nonprofit that was founded by the writer Rachel Cargill. So they have this amazing therapy fund for black women and girls. So you can find out how to donate and help black women and girls get access to therapy on their website, which is in our show notes. And also, if you or someone you know wants to apply to be a Loveland Fund recipient, there's info on their website about that, too. So that's what we're highlighting this week. Amazing. And then let's get
1: into the uh, TV we've been watching this week. Barry, what you've been watching?
2: Well, one, I finished BoJack. I watched the finale. I loved it. Um, I'm probably going to start that over again, like I said last week. And then I'm very excited because it's been four years since the last season, but the Eric Andre show is back. (laughs) (laughs) And And they came out with two episodes to start. And I think it's two episodes again, and then it'll be weekly. And the first episode guests were Judy Greer and Adam Ripon. And I just... Adam, you've been on the show. I highly doubt you listen to this podcast, though. But you... I just... If you do happen to be listening, I'm so proud of you. You you (laughs) took it like a champ. You looked like you were having fun. You have not posted at all about being on the Eric Andre show, which makes me feel like maybe it wasn't a great experience. But I don't know. But yeah, um, I just love Eric Andre. I... It was... It just makes me scream with laughter, and it is a release that I don't really get from any other show, so I'm very glad that it's back. It is a wild ride, Um, so that's what I'm watching this week. What about you? Yeah,
1: I gotta be honest. I feel like, uh, I can't remember if we really talked about the Eric Andre show before, because you and I watched it together a few weeks ago, but I that was really my first experience with it, and... I can't imagine it watching it not stoned.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I watched it in the middle of the day, sober, uh, super sober.
1: (laughs) It was, yeah, it is a wild ride because it's Adult Swim and it's only like 11 minutes long, but they pack a 30 minute episode into those 11 minutes. I mean, it's essentially a a prank
2: show, which like I hate, I hate prank shows like fucking Jackass and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. But there's something about the way that Eric Andre does it. That is like delightful and disgusting and like smart, in a in a lot right. of ways that just I, I adore. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What are you watching this week?
1: Well, I've been watching. I think I said this last week, but let's face it. This week, my brain cannot take on anything <laughs> new. It simply can't. I've been watching the Halloween Baking Championship. Yes. <laughs> we are, yeah. I there is an entire family of shows on the Food Network called Baking Championship. There's um Holiday Baking Championship, Halloween Baking Championship, there's a spring one. It is exactly what it sounds like, a weekly competition show. The Halloween one, I mean, by the time people hear this, Halloween will be over, but they're all on Hulu. The makeup budget is ridiculous, (laughs) and every week they put the judges in different costumes that are so elaborate, (laughs) and it's just to judge, like, desserts. (laughs) It is baffling to me that this this is, like, how they've chosen to spend their money, (laughs) but it's, it's amazing every single time. Uh, what is your non-TV chaser?
2: I got two quick ones. One is a big thank you to Samantha Irby. I uh, subscribe to her newsletter and it's the only newsletter I actually read. And it, in it recently, she shouted out a, a sweatpants company that she loves called Soft Serve, uh-huh. And so then I immediately bought them because i've been looking for like a very specific kind of of sweat pant and maybe sweatshirt also preferably like a small business that's like made in the u.s that kind of stuff and that is what these are and i'm currently wearing them they are so soft. They only sell joggers and hoodies and zipper and zip ups. So I got one set and then just like a bunch of the joggers. Um, and I they're just so soft and cozy. And it's like all I want to wear all winter long. So I'm very pleased about that. And it's made me very happy, especially on this gloomy week. And then on the flip side of that, because it's been so gloomy out, I famously uh, play tennis now and take tennis lessons, but I haven't been able to because the fucking ground has been too wet. So I've been doing more indoor workouts again, which reminded me that I don't think I've ever talked about Ryan Heffington on the pod, which he's a choreographer in L.A. and he has been doing these Weekly Instagram lives that you can go onto his IGTV page, and they—it's called Sweatfest, and he starts off with doing like some ab stuff and some like almost yoga and like warming up your body, and then it's just he'll be like now grapevine, and you just like grapevine, and you're just, and then he'll be like dance party, and it's—it's not really like super strict or anything like that. It's not like Zumba where you're learning a routine. But you're just, like, having a dance part, and he's so energetic and fun, and the music is great. It is a great way to just force myself into a good mood. So I wanted to shout out him and his work and all of those videos. Each week he has a different place that you can donate to, so he's been doing that, too, which is really great. So... Yeah, those are my chasers this week. What about you?
1: I have been listening to Ariana Grande a whole bunch. Hell yeah. <laughs> this week. <laughs> she did a whole like live album that came out. I, I don't even remember it came if it out was 2019. Early this year.
2: I don't understand. I love her so much. I pay attention to her, I follow her on everything. How did I not know she came out with a live album? I, I don't understand. But I didn't know that no, until I last definitely week. remember
1: listening to it when it came out. I have no idea. It does make me nostalgic for events.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> it like
1: gatherings of more than one and a half people.
2: Yeah. I tweeted this, but. I was walking to your house when I was listening to that album and truly started tearing up because there was just like a point in the song that like it gets really excited and everyone in the crowd, you know, that it's like everyone's favorite part of the song and she knows it and she's getting there. And as she gets there, she stops and everyone starts cheering and singing along. And it was like, wow, that collective feeling is great gone (laughs) like i we're not gonna have that (laughs) for so fucking long (laughs) and i started crying (laughs) um but it was also really beautiful to like hear it and like feel it again in some capacity
1: but imagine how amazing it's gonna be oh my god we're all able to again are you
2: kidding me the next the, the next Harry Styles concert that we go to will like, I don't know if I'll survive it because <laughs> the my amount face of joy will melt off of my
1: <laughs> skull. <laughs> Speaking of which, actually the other thing bringing me joy is that story oh. on Twitter. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> which I'm still like, I want confirmation. Is it true? <laughs> yeah. Um, especially since, okay. If you didn't see it, there was this tweet where someone was like, Harry Styles car broke down in Italy and he went into someone's house for help. And I guess it was like a super fan who wasn't home. So her dad took a picture of him and he was just feeding their fish. And then he wrote a note that was like, sorry, I missed you. I hope I see you next time. And just like the, the whole look that he's wearing, the look on his face as he's feeding the fish. It's so, it's so weird to me in the best possible way. But also I'm like, I don't know. It was a little hard to believe
2: you know what we know is real and true is the Golden Music video. And that came out this week as well. And that I've watched multiple times I to bring me multiple moments of joy. I would
1: never watch anybody exercise except for Harry Styles. Just running <laughs> out of breath, chasing a vehicle, running down a road. I could re- watch it on repeat. That is it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Belisai, And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. You can also leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline. Leave us a rant that we may use on a future episode at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, Bye-bye. Hello. It's me. (laughs) There's such a difference (laughs) between us and a million miles hello
2: from the <laughs> outside i <laughs> <laughs> broke the speaker <laughs>
1: okay